Hi there. How would you like to get a fiction book, either the one you're working on or a brand new one, completely written and ready to go in the next 90 days? Look, it's not quite 90 days. We've got a little bit less than that before the end of the year, but the end of the year is coming at us fast. Before we know it, it's going to be 2024. But how would you like to have a book that is ready to go for publication at the beginning of the year rather than starting at the beginning of the year with a New Year's resolution? <laughs> if that's something that you would be interested in doing, and remember that NaNoWriMo is coming up pretty soon, so that can also be helpful, um, this episode is for you. I'm going to talk about basically the three whatever you want to call them, procedures, I guess, or three processes that you need to put into place in order to make that happen. Okay, you ready for this? Who's with me? Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. All right, welcome to the podcast. And if you are a longtime listener, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. So last week on the podcast, I talked about fear and how to ditch fear and how to guarantee your own success. Well, today's episode is going to build on that a little bit. So I don't know if you've noticed, but last week's episode was number 199. And this episode represents my 200th episode. I've been doing this for a long time. Now, I'm not going to necessarily encourage you to go back and listen to my early episodes because they are kind of a mess. And the only reason I say that is because it's important to know that when you start anything, it's going to be a little bit of a mess. You're not going to know exactly what you're doing. You're going to need to learn. Um, but one lesson that I want to give you guys is, of course, as I talked about before, don't ever consign yourself to not being able to do something. You know, just keep pushing through and you will figure it out eventually. And that is the best way to guarantee your own success. But another thing I will tell you is that I struggled for a long time not necessarily with how to podcast or fear of podcasting. I mean, I had that a little bit in the beginning, but really in what to do in order to reach the audience that I wanted to reach. And a lot of my early episodes were not doing that in the most effective way. And it was just because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I needed to learn from somebody and I eventually did. So what I will say is that when I actually um, finally managed to get a coach who could teach me how to do this in a way that was really, really effective, that's when my podcast finally took off. And I started to be able to connect with all of you who are exactly who I want to connect with, because you are the people who share my journey as a fiction writer and my struggles, and we can all help each other and learn from each other. And so the point is, 
while what I said on the last, last episode is 1000% true, you have to keep going, you have to keep um, just trying until you reach that goal, which is non-negotiable. One thing that you might find is that you will reach a point where you realize you cannot do it on your own, because there are too many things that you don't know. And yes, I mean, obviously, getting help from someone usually takes time, it usually costs money. And so maybe that's part of the struggle is getting to the point where you are able to get that help. But once again, if you make that end goal non-negotiable, and you know, just keep going, just keep working toward it, you'll get to the point eventually where you can get the instruction that you need, and that will lead you towards your success. So that's just something that's important to keep in mind. But um, to get back to the (laughs) matter at hand, so this is my 200th episode, and it's an important one. And so I decided that today, what I wanted to do was talk about what I believe are the three... um, processes, I guess, that you need to be able to conquer in order to get your book written. So I talked about getting your book written in the next 90 days. I absolutely believe that every single one of you out there can do that if you would like to. Um, it's It does take work, it does take dedication, but more than that, it takes these processes. And once you master them, they'll become second nature to you. But you got to start somewhere. The first time that you go through it, it might be a little bit of a slog. You might have a little bit of a brain cramp as you go through or a lot of a brain cramp. But, you know, I talked about one of the examples I used, uh, I think last week was JK Rowling and how it took her five years to write the first Harry Potter book. But that's because it was the first book she was writing. And I'm sure she did have a lot of brain cramps. And it was really difficult at some point. But because she worked through it one time after that, it was never as difficult for her again to write a book, you know, and that's where you need to get to. So I'm going to go over these three tiers, these three processes today. And I will say up front that by giving you this kind of bird's eye view of what needs to happen, I am oversimplifying it a little bit. And that's okay. Um, We all know that any fiction story has about a million moving parts, right? (laughs) There's character, there's setting, there's internal arc, external arc, I mean, it goes on and on. And seeing it from a bird's eye view is just making it very, very simple. And so some of you no doubt are going to say, well, that's great. But within that one tier, there's about a thousand things I have to do. Yeah, no, you're right. And I'm not denying that. But I think sometimes it can be helpful to see things from a bird's eye view, because it helps us to minimize them. So this is something that human beings all do. Sometimes you might hear it called compartmentalization or minimalizing or, you know, it's a um, little bit of a defense mechanism. And that's all true. Um, so let's let's give you another example of when we see this. Um, we see it when people experience any kind of emotional trauma. So it could be that you found out that, uh, you know, your neighbor was bad mouthing you or your best friend betrayed you in a very uh, high school sort of sense, or maybe even your boyfriend or girlfriend is breaking up with you. You know, it's when we go through something that's emotional, we tend to minimalize it so that we can handle it, basically. So a good example of this is in uh, the Harry Potter movie, when Ron hooks up with Lavender and Hermione's upset about it. Now, of course, she's upset and we do see her cry and we do see that it makes her very sad. But then the next day we see her talking to Harry in the library and she says something along the lines of, you know what, he is perfectly okay to date and kiss whoever he wants. I really couldn't care less. And we know that's not true. She does care, but she's minimalizing it so that she can deal with it. Now, like I said, some people would say that this is an unhealthy practice, that it's like a defense mechanism. I don't know that I 100% agree with that. I think it just depends on the situation. If someone is constantly using defense mechanisms, 
uh, to not deal with their feelings and not deal with what they need to deal with, then of course, that's going to become unhealthy after a time. But it's also completely natural for human beings to do this. And the reason our brains do this is specifically so that we can work through the trauma without it feeling too heavy for us. So All right, why am I talking about (laughs) minimalization of emotional traumas? Because the same thing is true of any difficult endeavor that we take on, and that includes book writing. If we say, okay, I have to come up with four epic character arcs and build this entire world and culture and write 450,000 words in this epic fantasy novel, I mean, it's so overwhelming that we're never actually going to sit down and do it, right? We have to break it down into doable chunks. And most of you know that, but... As I said, seeing something from a bird's eye view, even if it's a little bit oversimplified, it can help in the same way. It can help us. It's like seeing everything all at once and it makes it feel smaller in a good way and like it's something that we can actually do. So that's what I decided to do today so that you hopefully can feel somewhat empowered (laughs) and know that, you know, even if it feels a little overwhelming sometimes, if you can just master these three steps and break them down into their integral parts, you can get to a point where it becomes second nature to you and it's not really all that difficult to write a book. I mean, it's always going to be work. Don't get me wrong. It's always going to have its difficulties. And each of us are going to struggle with certain aspects of it, you know, where one person, it might be more difficult for them to edit and another person, it's going to be more difficult for them to draft. One person's going to be great at world building and another will be great at character arcs. I mean, we're all going to have our strengths and weaknesses, but you can get to a point where it's just another day at the office. It's just another um, book that you're writing. And because this is something that is a passion for all of us, we're going to have a lot of fun one way or the other. The biggest problem with struggling to write and being afraid that we're never going to finish and it's never going to be good enough is it takes the fun out of it. And very quickly we get burnt out and then we lose our passion for writing. But if you can get to the point where you've trained your brain to do it so that it's not as difficult anymore, then you can just focus on your passion and writing a great story and not have to deal with all of the, you know, emotional baggage that comes from the insecurities of being a first time writer. So that's where I'm trying to get you today. All right. So let's talk about these three tiers that I have kind of distilled writing down into. The first one, tier number one, is called, is what I call the inner game. Now, this is what I talk about all the time. This is mindset. This is um, getting your internal processes where they need to be in order to make sure that you can succeed. So one thing you need to do is create your governing values. Now, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast before. It's something that I teach inside my courses, but you need to figure out what you believe about writing. And just like I talked about on last week's episode, you need to make sure that you're not just believing those things in theory, but that you're actually doing them. And the governing values kind of revolve around that. Okay, then you need to figure out how you're going to be productive. And we're talking about things that you hear other people talk about, setting long range and short range goals, figuring out what your daily tasks will be, all of that. But with it also comes the other things I teach, which is like meditation, how to do it, how it's going to affect you and using it to create your own reality so that you can be successful as a fiction author. Okay, so that's the first thing that you need to master is the inner game. And I have plenty of podcasts about this subject and I teach it in a lot more depth inside my programs. Okay, but remember that mastering the inner game is it's not just one aspect, it kind of is the aspect because you can have really great strategy. There are plenty of people who use something like The Hero's Journey or The Virgin's Promise to write their stories and that's great, but their stories still aren't that good. You know, so 
you got to master the internal because even if you have great external strategy for your plot, it's not going to make a big difference if your inner game is not where it needs to be. So you got to master the inner game. The second tier that you need to master is the planning. Now, go with me for a minute. Even if you're a pantser, I'm going to talk about this as planning, plotting, drafting, that sort of thing. Um, I go through a lot of different steps here because this is really figuring out what your story is. But I go through some different steps than most people do. I don't just teach, okay, here's the hero journey, plot your story. No, that's I have taught that before and there's a lot of value in it, but it, once again, it doesn't include or it doesn't um, provide for the inner game. And so I've changed what I teach a lot over the years, okay? So some of the things that I go through when we're planning your story is A, the desires of the creator, and you are the creator. So I talk about what do you already know about your story? How did you come up with the story? How did it come to you? Why do you want to tell the story? Why is it important to you? And most people don't really think about that. They kind of know, I mean, I just came up with this and it seems like a cool idea and I'm really excited about the story. And that's great. That's what most people do. But it really helps you to figure out your story and know it inside and out to really nail down and um, sort of consciously, I want to use the word verbalize, although most of you would probably write it down instead, um, why this is important to you and what about it excites you so much, you know, because there's a reason there's a there's a governing value, if you will, there that is making you excited about the story. But most people don't stop to think about what it is or how that value could affect your writing of the story. So I go through the desires of the creator. Okay, then I go through the identities of the story, which includes the protagonist, the villain or the antagonist and the world that you're building. All of those are identities because they are going to be the foundation that forms the structure of the story. Okay. Um, so they are called their own identities. Then of course I go through plotting. The identities is where we go through the inner game a little bit more. Um, but then we move on to plotting, which is the external game. And this is where I'm going to go through more of the, um, typical things like the 10 plot points, you know, I'm going to help you figure out your beginning and your ending and your turning point and all of that. Those are very important, but you can't truly, get a handle on what they should be if you don't have the inner game in place. So I have talked about before how you have to be careful using plot points. I mean, I, I do use them and I do love them and I do geek out about them, so I'm not throwing shade at them, but you have to be careful that you do not actually accidentally write to a cliche. Well, it's hard to be sure you're not doing that just by saying, okay, I won't write to a cliche. <laughs> But if you have the inner game in place and you know your story inside and out, you know what story you're trying to tell and you know why you're trying to tell it and you know what the identities of your story are, it's almost impossible to write to a cliche at that point because you will know exactly what needs to happen. So that's something that I'm going to go through. The next thing I'm going to go through in the... Um, uh, the planning is what I like to call the glue. It's the stuff that kind of sits in the cracks of the story. It's not the major things like the character or the plot, but it really does hold everything together and elevates it to make it better. And this is stuff like repetition, theme, foreshadow, symbolism. And a lot of these things will come to you in a, in a pantsing sort of aspect as you're writing the story, but you can also be very, very intentional about them. And, you know, if you emphasize them, 
your story is going to be much better, much more cohesive, much stronger, much more powerful in the reader's mind. It's going to evoke a lot more emotion. And you can figure out how to do that intentionally rather than just by happy accident. Um, Happy accidents are great and everybody will have them. And it's really, really fun when you do. But I don't think that you ought to rely on that for your writing. If you just don't happen to have any of those happy accidents, those inspirations for this particular manuscript, you can still put these things in intentionally and write a really powerful, really effective book that will touch readers just as much as if there had been a happy accident. So just keep in mind that this is a skill. It's not just something that happens by chance. Okay. So all of that that I just said, it was a lot, but that is the planning stage. And the reason it's a lot is because that is figuring out the story you're writing. It's figuring out all of the moving parts. So obviously that's a big deal. And there's a lot to that. And as I said, I've oversimplified it here, but if you can figure out that step, then you're well on your way. So at this point, we've figured out our inner game so that we know that we're going to be successful. And we've gone through the planning stage so that we know exactly what our story is going to be. Now, let me, um, before I move on to the third tier, let me say a word about pantsers, because I know a lot of people out there are pantsers and more power to you. If you're not someone who likes to plan beforehand, that is okay. You are welcome to do whatever it is that lights you up, however you come up with your stories, whatever you like best, whatever process you prefer. Um, But all of these planning elements still need to be present in your manuscript. So all I would say is that if you want to sit down and pants your manuscript, the first draft first, then do that. Um, I don't prefer that because it takes a lot longer and I feel like there's a lot less intention that way. You're kind of relying more on hoping you find the right thing or like I said, happy accidents, that sort of thing. And I just prefer not to do that. But if you prefer that, then go ahead. And if you don't mind it taking a little bit longer, but then afterward, you would need to come back to the planning stage and make sure that you've included all the correct elements, that they're all there. You can take what you have already written in your draft and work with it and edit and change it however it needs to be in order to make sure that you're hitting all of these points. So this process will work whether you're a plotter or a pantser, either way. All right. And the final step, like I said, we've got the inner game, we've got the planning, is the actual writing. Now, if you're a pantser, then you've already done a lot of the writing before this. But once again, you're going to need to go through and make sure that the writing is there, that it's strong, that it's effective. So this is something you would do upon, um, you know, the second draft or editing or, you know, however your process works. But for those who are outliners, you would do the planning first. And then this is the part where we actually get our butts in the chairs and write the words, right? Um, When it comes to this, I actually am in favor of creating scene outlines. It makes it easier to write the scene and to keep from, you know, wandering or meandering or going off the rails. Um, I'm very intentional about making sure you know what the emotions are of each of the characters in the scene, what their motivations are. And I even have you, I would even really highly recommend that you go over archetypes because that helps you to emphasize what the character's role and function in the scene is, and it just makes for a stronger and more intentional um, scene, okay? Um, This is gonna include doing chapter titles, doing chapter endings, um, and inside my programs, I teach a whole process for how to go about writing your book scene by scene, okay? So, again, looking at this from a bird's eye view, We really only have three steps, three things that we need to master in order to get our books written. We need to master our inner game. 
we need to do the planning and figure out what story we're telling and all the details about it. And then we need to get our butts in the seats and write. Or, you know, if you dictate or if you don't write from a seat, you know, wherever it is that you do your writing, however you do that, we need to get the actual words on the page and written. Now, of course, after that, we still have more work. We still have editing. We still have the actual publishing, uploading, marketing, what have you. But we're talking about getting your book written and having something ready to go for the new year. If you can possibly master these three tiers, you can do it pretty quickly. Now, remember at the beginning, I talked about how very often it's not something you can do on your own. Over time, I have no doubt that you will. You can, you know, read everything you can find on the internet about story structure. You can listen to all my podcasts. Um, They're there and they're free for you to listen to anytime. But it's also really hard to take all of that information and pick out what specifically you need to be successful and be successful now. So very often people say, well, yeah, but why would I pay for writing advice when there's so much free stuff out there on the internet? And you're right, there is a lot of free stuff out there on the internet. But I often read through stuff that I find on Pinterest, articles about writing, and I have to kind of chuckle because it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's not valuable in some way, but it tends to be very broad and very nebulous and not very practical, meaning they don't give you a step-by-step of how to do this. They just say, you need to write a compelling character arc that, you know, starts with an inciting incident, has rising tension, and ends in a climax. And you know what? All of that is true. And you do need to understand that that's the basic structure of a story. But how do you go about doing that? They don't tell you that. You basically just have to figure it out through trial and error. And that's what takes so long. However, if you can find someone who can streamline that for you, tell you exactly what you need to do right now and do it, then you can get it done a lot faster. And you can push through, teach your brain in a short amount of time to do it, and then you will be able to write books quickly and efficiently that are epic, that are, you know, potential bestsellers that will connect very, very deeply with writers or readers, excuse me, for the rest of your life. And that's really what we all want. So I wanted to give you this in my 100th episode to tell you that it's possible and that if it's something that you really want for yourself and for your life to become this kind of writer, it's very doable. Now, I am going to be launching my program in the new year. It is not quite ready yet. Um, And that's going to be something that is available for anybody who is interested and wants it. It's going to be it is going to be a kind of DIY program where you go through it on your own and um, can figure it out at your own pace. Uh, But that also means that there's going to be less one-on-one from me. But if you are someone who wants to get this figured out, like I said, before the turnover to 2024, so that you are already well on your way to having your book not only finished and ready to go, but also being in a place where you have transformed your brain so that you can write books like this anytime you want and will have this skill for the rest of your life... I can provide you with that. And so I'm going to end by saying that I do have about four coaching slots open right now, which is one-on-one coaching with me. And I will teach you this face-to-face and give you one-on-one intention to figure out how to write your book. Now, I don't have very many slots open. It's only about four, um, but I would like to fill them if I possibly can. So if this is something you're interested in, um, go ahead and send me an email at uh, lkhillbooks.com at gmail.com, and I will put that in the show notes, and just put in the subject line, um, 
just put coaching in the subject line so that I know that that's what you're asking about. And we can talk about whether this is right for you and whether it's something that would serve you or not. Um, Keep in mind, this isn't for the faint of heart, okay? This is going to take a lot of time and it's going to be intensive, but guys, the next three months are going to pass anyway. And when you reach 2024, the question is, do you want to have your book ready to go? Or are you just going to be starting from scratch at that point? It's up to you. So if that's something you're interested in, like I said, send me the email. And even if this is not the right time for you, that's fine. But just start thinking about these three tiers and about how you can master them. And if you can kind of focus on them and focus in on working through each one and getting that mastered, you will be that much closer to being the successful fiction writer that you want to be. Okay. So Hooray for 200 episodes, even if a lot of them (laughs) were a little clunky along the way. I'm so grateful for you guys and that you tune in to listen to me. And I really, really hope that you can accomplish exactly what you want to accomplish and be the writer that you want to be, whether that's writing many, many books and creating a, you know, a 100 book backlist, or maybe you just have a single memoir you want to write, you know, no matter where you fall, I hope that you can believe in yourself enough to keep going and get that done because I believe in you and I know that you can do it. As I said last episode, you've just got to make the end product that you're reaching for non-negotiable and it is literally impossible for you to fail. Okay, so I'll leave you to chew on that for today. Have a wonderful week of writing and I will be back next week with more. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.